0: already turned there for your scripture. I have the words there on the screen and James is giving us practical advice for living the Christian life. The Christian life is not just about theology. It's about practical godliness in our human interactions and this is from the new american standard bible it says this you know my beloved brethren but everyone must be quick to hear slow to speak and slow to anger i want to go through this with you just Make a few observations before we get into the heart of today's message and our thesis. This you know, my beloved brethren, but... In other words, this is something that is easy to understand. This is something that we all know. It's common knowledge, but it's difficult to practice. I heard one preacher say the challenge he has with the Bible is not the things that he doesn't understand. It's the things that he does understand and has a difficulty practicing. Love your enemies? Easy to understand. Difficult to practice. Isn't that right? Now, this is one of those passages. Today's sermon is not going to be difficult to understand. Okay? This is not going to be deep theology. This is not going to be epistemologically profound, whatever that means. This is going to be very simple, but very challenging. This, you know, my beloved brethren he's talking to christians he's talking to people that love jesus this is people these are people that have accepted jesus as their personal savior but the next part of this is very difficult for people and this applies to everyone how many everyone Everyone. this is not a select few this is talking to every person and it is in the imperative everyone must this is a requirement This is not a recommendation. This is not just counsel. This is what all of us should do and should be. And I want to focus on this part before we get to the second part. Sam, can you turn me up just a little bit so I can hear myself? It says, let everyone must be slow to speak. Easy to understand, difficult to practice. There should be a delay in our talking there should be a delay when something comes into our our minds before it goes out of our mouths and sometimes we just blurt things out without processing this passage is telling us that we should be slow in our response and we live in a society today where the comeback and the quick-witted response is something that is highlighted isn't that right but this is telling us quite the contrary this is a countercultural statement slow to speak there should be a process you should think as your mom said before you say something i am a water enthusiast i just can't drink tap water i i don't like the taste of it i'm very particular and when i go on trips i bring water all right i buy water and it has to be either distilled or my favorite is reverse osmosis, all right? So I have these big five-gallon jugs, three of them, that I take off to Myers, And the price has been going up, 47 cents a gallon. Fill it up, and people with their wide eyes look at me, pushing that cart out of there. But I believe in good water. And this is what happens in the reverse osmosis process. Very elementary. The raw water goes in one end and goes through a filter and comes out purified on the other side. And this is the way that our words need to be. They need to be filtered. Amen? Amen. By the Holy Spirit. Before it comes out, there needs to be a process. There needs to be a delay so that it's filtered by the word of God and the Holy Spirit so that whatever comes out on the other side is sanctified. That is what this text is telling us. We need to be slow to speak. And the reason why it's slow is that before it comes out of our mouths, it needs to be processed. And you need to ask yourself, would Jesus say this? And if he wouldn't say it in a particular way and have a certain content, we need to refrain from having it come out of our mouths. And I was fascinated what the Bible says about the multiplicity of words. Did you know that the Bible actually tells us how many words we should say? Not to the count, but it actually tells us that we should be people of few words. Here it is. If you don't believe me, the wisest man that ever lived, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 2. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth. And here's the conclusion. So let your words be, what does it say? What does it say? Let your words be few. Now, it is almost a stigma to be a man of few words or a woman of few words. We say, oh, that person just doesn't talk a lot, doesn't speak up. This person is a man of few words. But the Bible is telling us that that person is actually living more biblically than a person of many words. now this was kind of rebuking for me as i was reading this and i was like oh come on there's got to be some other evidence in scripture here it is ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 3 a fool's voice is known by a multitude of words wow and i was studying this this week and i'm just like whoa this is telling us that the bible actually values people of few words here it is Proverbs 10, verse 19. Now, why is this? Why does the Bible tell us that we should be people of few words? Because it says, too much talk leads to sin. I was fascinated by this verse. Too much talk leads to sin, which means the more that you say that's unfiltered, that's unsanctified, it's going to lead you down the primrose path to what the Bible calls sin. I took an English class, English 101, English Composition. My professor's name was William Shakespeare. That, that was the truth. That's his name, William Shakespeare. And he was one of the toughest teachers I had. English Composition, I owe a lot to that man. Our assignment was to develop a portfolio of essays and we would turn in our first draft to William Shakespeare and every single time it would come back looking like this marked up redacted he says what is the purpose of this statement this is redundant this doesn't apply and then my ten page paper because you need a certain amount of words would be redacted down to five And friends, our words need to be like these papers. They need to be edited before they go public. Amen? Amen. They need to be edited by the Holy Spirit. And before you speak, you need to have them go through the editorial board of heaven before it comes out of your mouth. This is what the Bible is telling us. The Bible is telling us that we are accountable for what we say. The Bible actually says, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account in the judgment. This is difficult to practice, easy to understand. Now, I know what you're thinking at this point, Pastor David, if I can't say a lot, what am I supposed to do? If I can't talk, how am I supposed to exist? I mean, what are we supposed to do in our human interactions? And the Bible gives us counsel on this as well. James chapter 1, verse 19, same passage, our scripture reading. This is from the New International Version. It says, everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. The Bible admonishes us to be few with our words and to spend that time, instead of talking, to be listening. I want you to notice something about this verse. The implication of this verse is that God values listening more than he does talking. Christians should be known not as the best talkers, but as the best listeners. We should be world-renowned listeners. This is something that I believe our university church can be in this community. It is a universal need that every person wants to be understood. Not agreed with, necessarily, but understood. And wouldn't it be wonderful if in this community, people have a problem, they say, you know what, that university church in East Lansing, I'm going to go there because I know that there's a bunch of listeners there. There's people that are going to listen and try to understand what I'm going through right now and the thesis of today's presentation is very simple talk less listen more wouldn't our church be a wonderful place if we just followed this counsel from james chapter 1 verse 19 amen talk less listen more this is a modernization of what it's saying as one person said speak little listen much we are to be in the business of not the multiplicity of words but rather using our ears to listen to individuals. This is practical counsel from the book of James, and when we listen, there is something that happens that I believe that Jesus did. Some people may ask, how am I supposed to proclaim the gospel if I'm not talking and sharing the gospel? Well, there's a time for that, but look at the way that Jesus ministered to individuals. Gospel Workers 363, Christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He showed his sympathy for them. And look at that part. I have it in italics there on the screen. Ministered to their needs, won their confidence. Then he bade them follow me. We can have a whole sermon just on this quote from Gospel Workers 363. But I want you to notice that part. Jesus knew the human heart. He ministered to people's needs. Then he bade them follow me. I believe that Jesus was the best listener. He met that universal human need to be understood. And when he met that need, he said, you know what? I have something to share with you. And in our gospel ministry, we need to meet that universal human desire to be understood before we endeavor to be understood ourselves. To understand others before we endeavor to understand to be understood ministry of healing 82 sympathize with them in their trials their heartaches and disappointments this will open the way for you to help them speak to them of god's promises and pray for them inspire them with hope notice the italicized part there on the screen this will open the way for you to help them i have been in countless situations where someone comes to me with a problem It's a large problem, and they share, and they share, and they share, and you know what they say at the end? I haven't solved their problem. They say, Pastor, thank you, and I think to myself, I've done nothing. They say, Pastor, thank you for listening, and there is something that happens. One author put it this way. It's like psychological air that you give to the other individual when you listen you stop the judgment, you stop the criticism, you just sincerely desire to understand things from that person's perspective, it creates a certain bond, a certain trust, in which they are now willing to listen to you. This is what happens. This is interpersonal relations. Jesus knew the human heart. Jesus knew that if he listened to people, understood them, that would create an avenue for him to be able to minister to them. One of my mentors sat me down one day and said, David, people are like a bank account. Uh, my ears kind of perked up. He said, I said, a bank account? He said, yes. You're either making deposits or you're making withdrawals. That's how people work. And you ever bounce a check before? I hope not. But what happens when you bounce a check? You write something. It could be for $1. But if your balance is zero that check bounces and you get penalized and some people in a relationship they're constantly making withdrawals and withdrawals and withdrawals and finally you know they don't put their socks away and the wife's like i had it and he's like oh i just didn't put my socks away what has been happening that spouse has been constantly making withdrawals and withdrawals and withdrawals and when they make that final withdrawal they're bankrupt And he said, David, we as Christians should be the individuals that are making constant deposits in other people's lives. And I thought to myself, you know, know, what are deposits? These are deposits that we can make. People are like bank accounts. You're either making deposits or withdrawals. And here are deposits. And there's numerous others, but I've just listed some here on the screen for you. Courtesy. Investing time. Kindness. Honesty. And the last one but not least, listening. Listening is an investment in that other person's life you are doing something for that person you are meeting their need here are some withdrawals there's other ones you can make criticism ignoring gossiping not listening have you ever been in a conversation where you're talking to that person about something that is very important to you i know this has happened to all of us and then suddenly we see from the body language of that individual, that person tunes us out. Right? I, I was in that type of conversation once. I was talking to this person passionately about something, and then they just looked down and just looked away. And I was like, whoa, you know how it makes you feel? Unvi- not not valued. In other words, your opinion doesn't matter. Unappreciated, and it's it's actually hurtful because... What is being communicated, and we, we've probably done it to other people as well, is your words, your feelings, your emotions are not important to me. And so it shuts down the other individual. And I was halfway through my sentence, and I said, you know what, I'm just, I'm just going to stop because this person clearly is just tuning me out. This is a significant withdrawal that you can make. And how many times have we heard... Or you said to your spouse, I just want you to listen to me. Listening is a form of acceptance. When I talk about acceptance, I'm talking about biblical acceptance. And this is what biblical acceptance is. True acceptance is the ability to accept people as what they are, which is a child of God. That is what acceptance is and you communicate that when you are listening to the other individual it is identifying with their interests and concerns you are going outside of yourself and putting yourself in that other person's situations and circumstances accepting doesn't mean that you approve fundamental difference it means that you love It doesn't mean that you approve of their behavior or their lifestyle, but it does mean that you love them as what they are, a child of God. This is biblical acceptance. And this is what we communicate when we listen to other people. It is the recognition that Jesus doesn't accept us because we are worthy. And that same type of acceptance that we receive from Jesus, God is calling us to communicate with other people moving very quickly listening and agreement this is from evangelism 141 agree with people on every point where you can consistently do so this is not calling us to dishonesty friends let us Let them see that you love their souls and want them to be in harmony with them so far as possible. I believe what this is communicating is when you listen to people, don't pick at every little detail that is off and that you don't agree with. Look for the intention of the person or the intentions of the person behind the words. And agree with the person you should be an agreeable person it's very difficult to communicate to someone or to talk to someone that is calling you out on every single detail that you've gotten wrong it's frankly frustrating and we as listeners should be agreeable people we should we as christians should be agreeable people agree with people as much as is possible all right so here's some things that we do when we're not listening pretending that we're not listening oh pretending that we are listening and i'm guilty of this i like to multitask and i just was listening to an audiobook yesterday and it was telling us that uh, telling me that multitasking actually doesn't work and i've been on the phone sometimes with a family member and i'm working on something like a sermon and i'm listening you know i'm on the phone with them and at some point they're like hello right Are you there? Because they can tell that there's a long gap. And because I've become focused on something, you know, I'm a typical man. I can only think about one thing at a time, but I'm trying to do two. Or they say, hey, David, are you listening? I can tell you're not listening, right? Or you do something that is not uh, appropriate for what the other person is saying. They may say, oh, my dad just died. Uh Uh-huh. You know, they, you know they can tell that you're not listening and this is what people do we pretend we we're talking with the person but actually we our mind is a thousand miles away or thinking about potluck downstairs you may not be even listening to me right now for all i know <laughs> pretending just sitting there oh yeah right our minds go all different directions things that we do when we're not listening You guys, all right, okay. Selective listening, only listening to certain parts of the conversation because you already know the conclusion. You know what the person is going to say before they say it. So you just pick at what you're going to listen to. The other part is thinking about our response. This is what many people do. While the other person is talking, we're thinking about what we're going to say to counteract or to supplement or to enhance or to enlighten the other person. That's what we do. We're thinking about our response. And one person said, most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. Now, I want you to think about this. We spend years learning how to speak, years learning how to read, and years learning how to write. How many years are we taught to listen? None. Because we assume that we know how, but... Believe it or not, listening is a discipline. It takes energy. It takes focus, effort, and practice. And so take out your study guide, which is in your bulletin. I felt that this was so important that I made a study guide just for you. Is there in your bulletin. If you don't have one, raise your hand, Pastor Daniel will pass it out to you. How to be a good listener. And this is following the divine mandate from James 1, verse 19 quick to listen, slow to speak. We should master this thing called listening. And it's not easy to do, easy to understand, but difficult to practice. And so this is just simple elementary listening 101. All right, first thing, pray, because we need God's help. Amen. Pray that God will give you a sincere desire to understand others and be interested in their needs. Listening is Fundamentally, at its core, is a selfless act because you are placing the other person's need to be understood over your own need to be understood. You're placing the other person first. That's a form of love. You're placing your own communication on hold to put the other person's communication first. So, pray that God would give us all converted hearts because we're naturally selfish at the core. Ask him to give you a sincere desire. You know, this is not just mechanics and how to win friends and influence people. This is the sincere desire to understand others and be interested in their needs. Listen for the person's intentions, thoughts, and emotions. Not only the way they think, but the way they feel to process all of those things. Put yourself in the other person's place. Moving on, don't get into an argument, jump to conclusions, or pass judgment on the person. This is not the time to be pointing out their errors, especially when they just want to be heard. And here's some indications. You have them in, in your study guide. I didn't put them on the screen for the sake of space. Here's indications that you are listening, encouraging brief expressions all right, sorry, I put a, forgot to put a quote there, but uh-huh, all right, good thing to say, I see, right, oh, and these are like non, you know, encouraging brief expressions and nonverbal acknowledgments, head nodding, your facial expression, you know, if someone is talking to you and you look like this, I mean, it's just really challenging for someone that's making a face at you, so your facial expression should be of concern and interest and eye contact, good listeners listen with their eyes, making eye contact they say 60 percent of the time you should be making eye contact with the other individual door openers tell me about it i would like to hear what you are thinking would you like to talk about it let's discuss it i'd be interested oh my this was late at night sorry in what you have to say all right moving on point number five here's some rules don't interrogate you don't want them to feel like they're in Guantanamo, uh, Guantanamo Bay or being interviewed by the Gestapo. All right, so you want to limit the types of questions that you ask. You don't want to be like, "Where were you? What were you doing last night?" You know, and just these types of things just kill listening. So your role is not the role of an interrogator. Don't ask too many questions, and this is the other one: don't interrupt when they're saying something. Don't be like "ah," or jump over what they're saying. This is fundamental 101 listening, some practical things that we can do. We need to respect the other individual enough not to interrupt what they're saying. And here's the other one. It's difficult for me. All right. Don't preach. (laughs) All right. It's not the time to preach your sermon. That will come later. But during the listening process, don't be like, oh, I know exactly what you're going through. I went through it myself. And matter of fact, it's not that deep. You just shut the other person down. You've minimized what they're experiencing and you projected your own autobiography onto them. You're not listening. You're preaching. Here's the other one, number eight. See the world as they see the world. Understand their paradigm. Understand how they feel. Wouldn't it be wonderful if this church... As a unit would take James one nineteen to heart, I believe that ninety percent of our interpersonal challenges would be greatly minimized if we would just by the grace of God follow this counsel. Amen, Amen. But we need help. We need the grace of God because this is not easy for us to practice. And as we close this morning, let's say this together, these words on the screen. Let this be our prayer. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together as we prepare to close this morning. Every head bowed and eyes closed, I make this appeal every single Sabbath. We want to open the doors of the church. And as your heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you want to say today, I want to invite Jesus into my heart, I want to invite you to raise your hand this morning, saying, Lord, come into my heart. Help me, because I can't help myself. God hears your prayers this morning, amen. He's taking that invitation. He takes that invitation seriously. My second appeal, my final appeal is this. If this has been a challenge for you, As much as it is for me, and you want to say, Lord, help me, because I can't help myself. Help me first to be a person that processes what I say. Let every word be edited by the word of God, by the Holy Spirit, to be filtered by God. And you want to say, Lord, help me with that, and help me to be a person that is quick to listen and slow to to speak help me father to listen much and speak a little if that's your prayer and you want god to help you I want to invite you to come up today for special prayer we all need grace amen we all need the holy spirit and this area of our lives is a challenge it's a challenge for christians who love the lord jesus how many times have we hurt people with our words How many times have we shut people down by the things that we have said? And we want to say, Lord, first of all, forgive me. Second, help me. Let's bow our heads together as we pray. Father in heaven, we thank you, praise you that you're a God that works in us, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. Lord, we need help. We need help taming the tongue. Help us to be a person of few words, a person that sanctifies our words through the filter of the Holy Spirit, that we will only speak those things that build people up and edify and uplift the Lord Jesus. Help us to be in a mode where our first response is to listen to truly understand the person to accept them as you accept them as a child of God Lord if there's anyone that we need to go to and apologize for what we have said this week last month or last year we pray that you'd give us the grace of God to do so give us the gift of repentance to go to that brother or sister and say I'm sorry I'm sorry that my words hurt you I'm sorry for what I said please forgive me Pray for me. We pray that you'd lay that conviction on every heart today. Lord, we believe that you're coming soon. But how can you come if there's challenges between brother and sister, between brother and brother, between sister and sister in your church? Help us to be united in one, in reconciliation. We pray that you'd bring us together with you and to each other through the ministry of reconciliation. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.